A little preparation goes a long way during a disaster. So we're gonna talk about how to give your future self a gift by stocking your pantry in case you need to shelter in place and packing a go bag with the most critical supplies to have on hand when evacuating when things go south. But first I have to say this, Research has shown that disasters overwhelmingly bring out the best in people. We've heard this over and over during interviews for this series. From hurricanes to landslides, people become more altruistic and go to great lengths to help those around them. In the face of a common enemy like a disaster, we tend to cooperate, and that's certainly been my experience. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. If a hurricane makes it this far, we usually don't have to evacuate, but we are likely to lose power. And that's exactly what happened when Hurricane Zeta barreled through the city just two weeks before filming this episode. At one point, two million Georgians were without power. What you need to do to prepare depends on your area and type of hazards. So stay with us. Yep! Yep, indeed. Your brother Zoe Williams is back in the building live in the heart of Lamert Park. You already know what it is. KBLA Talk 1580. You know, our two-year anniversary is right around the corner. That's Juneteenth, year number two, and already legendary. So, let me give you a little bit of insight behind the topic before I actually give you the full topic. So, this is a relationship show. We talk all things relationship, and we go deep. And... We use everything that is any ideological construct that is within our reach to bring the point home, whether it's philosophy, spirituality, uh, uh, science, uh, you know, we go all over the map to create a new type of perspective uh, when it comes to relationship, you know. Uh, you can see these mind-bending kind of, uh, mind-stretching, I should say, kind of philosophies uh, within some of the books I've written. Uh, my 2015 book, The Relationship Dismount, How to Stick the Landing When Exiting a Toxic Relationship. Uh, again, a routine is ruined in gymnastics if you don't know how to stick the landing. So most of us are unaware that we have a relationship routine. Now, John Bowlby and Ainsworth and others didn't call it a routine. They called it a, an attachment style, right? So metaphorically speaking, gymnastics made sense to the author, myself. I was like, hmm, you can ruin your whole routine if you don't effectively stick the landing, boom, relationship topic, right? Then 2019 rolled around, and I have been working on uh, this particular book that I'm about to mention. I have been working on this book since, I would say, 2015, right? Once I put out the relationship dismount, this idea came to me. And with the, the idea was about marrying uh, scientific concepts to relationship concepts. 
So when I saw the double slit experiment, when I saw, uh, uh, what's the other one? Fine tuning. These are concepts in quantum physics and cosmology. When I saw these concepts, the holographic principle, uh, right off the bat, I saw the connectivity. When I saw entanglement in 2015, right? I was like, wow, that's that's relationships. So I took eight of the leading scientific principles and converted them into relationship principles. And in 2019, I dropped the holographic relationship. Then in 2021, because immediately after holographic after the holographic relationship dropped, immediately I started working on the Shrouded Lighthouse because the idea came to me almost immediately. Uh, I'm the type of person, if I don't have a concept to put all my ideas in, I won't write a book. So the concept is the vehicle. But literally weeks after the holographic relationship dropped, in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm not writing any more relationship books. And then a week later, bow the shrouded lighthouse dropped into my consciousness and the shrouded lighthouse. Another concept uh, about us having two lighthouses, the one that people can see and the lighthouse that people can't see. But what the two lighthouses, what I call the dark lighthouse or the invisible lighthouse or the shadow lighthouse, but both lighthouses have the same function. A lighthouse is designed to draw wayward, wayward ships to shore. Well, I said, okay, your visible light is your talent, your charisma, your aesthetics, your personality, your vibe, uh, you know, your anything else you have to offer that is just visible. We can see it clearly. Your smile, that's a visible light. Invisible lights are the wounds you have yet to deal with, the wounds you have yet to reconcile. And both lighthouses work the same way, right? Your shadow lighthouse is pulling in lessons, right? Situationships. So that leads me to today's topic. Because a lot of people don't understand the real purpose or concept behind why we attract who we attract and for what purpose, right? I've been saying for a long time, relationships are a highly reflective classroom where the biofeedback you get from your partner is your personal curriculum. This is how you heal. How else can you see it? You know, you can see an aspect of it in yourself but you don't know how you're going to show up in relationship or how what you've been through is going to show up. So that leads me to today's topic. And it really upsets me. Well, not really. I'm not really upset. I see this as an opportunity to expound on it. A lot of brothers think that if the world goes to hell in a handbasket, somehow modern day women are going to respect them more. Just by virtue of you being a man. <laughs> you know, we got flooded out, so he's going to need some manpower to move that refrigerator out in front of your car. 
<laughs> I hear men saying it. Wait until the dollar crash. You're going to be more man after the dollar crashes? Because I know how to fish. <laughs> you it, Come on. The whole perspective is off. So today's topic, danger. The relationship bug out bag. Huh? To what extent can the aftermath, listen, to what extent can the aftermath of our internally unhealed natural disasters exacerbate the impact of a real natural disaster? Because who wants to be saved by someone who can't save themselves? Ooh, ooh. Huh? You might be able to fish, but you could be a sociopath. You could be psychopathic. You could still be mad at your mama and your daddy, and you need a relationship to pour that toxicity into. Yes, you did a good job rowing the boat away from the crocodiles. <laughs> huh? See, the brothers will call in. I told y'all. They don't believe spirituality is real. So everything got to be tangible, right? So you hear brothers saying, yeah, that love stuff, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, the spiritual stuff. But when it get down to it, when the rubber meet the road, who going to protect you? Don't you know you more than just a provider and a protector, brother? I asked brothers weeks ago, weeks ago, I said, what is your spiritual game plan for your family? Not your religious one. What is a unique philosophy that you have cultivated from the victories you've gained from conquering aspects of your own darkness? That is supposed to be the bedrock of your family, the family you're trying to build, your family's philosophy. That should be the bedrock. Huh? Many brothers don't have that. So you hear brothers saying, love ain't real. You hear brothers saying, love ain't enough. Just like some sisters do. Danger. The relationship bug out bag. Woo, this is going to be interesting. The number to dollars is 1-800-920-1580. Why do some brothers seem like they're waiting for the next natural disaster to hit in order to feel more like a man? True or false? The natural disaster within you is far more powerful than the natural disaster outside of your door. 1-800-920-1580. I don't, I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but don't be scared to call in. Because I want to talk to my brothers and I want us to learn together. Iron sharpens iron. Agree or disagree? Although natural disasters can cause horrific damage to homes and infrastructure, they can bring married couples closer together. Listen to the caveat. At least temporarily. Just like in the clip I played, 
the system made it clear. She says natural disasters bring about a elevation of altruism. People start working together. Couples start trying to figure it out. Let's work together. Did you know that that is short-lived? Because the unhealed wounds in your spirit just sat on the sidelines while you guys filled up sandbags. <laughs> yep, yeah, well, we got to get this together or the house will be lost. Let's work together. Okay, let's get these sandbags together. Let's, uh. I'm telling you, you are a worse natural disaster than what the earth can cook up. Uh-oh, who wants to talk to me tonight? Agree or disagree? I'm going to say it again. Although natural disasters can cause horrific damage to homes and infrastructure, they can bring married couples closer together. Oh, here we go. When we come forward, the voice of reason shall continue to cook. We on fire tonight. Reasons. The reasons that we're here. The reasons that we fear, our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 158. You know you want some more. More. It's the Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 158. I want to see you. Where you got it? I'm the hottest around there. No when they see you rolling them parlors around it. I got a soldier. Top down, feeling the sounds quaking and vibrating your thighs, riding harder than guys with the chrome wheels at the bottom, white leather inside. When the lanes be spitting at you, tell them don't even try to shoot it with shell and kick it with Kelly. Your holler be you gotta be G's, you way out of your league. We like them boys that be in them lacks leaning, leaning, open them out, they grill gleaming, gleaming. Candy paint, keep that whip cleaning. Ladies and gentlemen, you already know what it is. That soldier. Huh? <laughs> Brothers think they're going to need a soldier when the war starts. I hear men calling into existence World War III. Black people in America, all we got is America. Even our cousins from other parts of the world be like, you ain't a part of this country. You my cousin. You got captured, you live there, you from there, that's your spot. When the world ends, you're going to respect me as a man. Nah. She's going to respect you as a man only after you learn to respect yourself. She's going to love you deeply and wildly. After you've conquered your demons, your shadow, 
after you've cultivated a purpose and a philosophy to go along with it, after you've made the world, you've made reality capitulate to your testicular fortitude, that's when she going to respect you. Okay? <laughs> oh god <laughs> let me read that question one more time agree or disagree although natural disasters can cause horrific damage to homes and infrastructure they can bring married couples closer together at least temporarily true or false do you agree or disagree the number to dial is 1-800-920-1580 that's according to a first of its kind study from researchers at the university of texas at austin that looked at couples in the Houston area before and after Hurricane Harvey, right? They discovered, because they, they, I guess they, they, they queried over about 235 couples. And what they found was the couples got tighter because they went through that tumultuous event, right? But their relationships problems came back later so it was cool wow we got through that whoa hey yeah the streets are dry again we're okay and then the problem said now deal with us okay we had to sit down and be quiet for a minute but now deal with us that's what i'm saying the internal nat natural disaster has a very powerful impact on your life and on your relationship Let's go even deeper. Does a man's physical attributes make him more suitable to being the natural leader in the case of a natural disaster? Because most men, most of y'all fat and out of shape. Come on now. Why is it that every man says, I'm a, I'm a provider and protector, and is not in the gym, does not own a pair of boxing gloves, hasn't taken any training, gun training, hand-to-hand -hand training, knife training, ain't trained. Have you seen a trained brother fight a street brother? They... Okay, cool. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm a protector and a, of a provider. I provide for you and I protect you. And be wheezing after punch number one. <laughs> Is, did he quit yet? <laughs> Again, what if your woman is more trained than you are in survival tactics? Will your ego prevent you from letting her lead the way? Because you think by default, because you're a man, by default, she got to follow you. What if you're untrained and she is? What if she was in the military? Huh? There are women in the military at high levels. Oh, but that's not saying they're stronger than men. I'm not saying they're stronger than men, but they can be more skilled. And when it comes to survival, if she has a survival skill set and you don't, isn't that the same thing as letting her handle the money if she's better at handling the money than you? Get behind me, baby. <laughs> Boy, you ain't trained. 
<laughs> See, men think by, by default. Do you understand? They think simply by default of being a man, by default of their gender, that they should lead. But if you haven't led, if you weren't the general in a war to conquer your inner natural disaster, first off, who wants to survive a real natural disaster with your broken tail? Oh, God. Like, tornado uh, F5, take us out of here because I don't want to. Uh, if we live, I got to deal with him. <laughs> <laughs> what are the essential items that a married couple should have in their home to prevent to prepare for a natural disaster? And how can they ensure that they are adequately equipped to handle the situation? To what extent does the development and maintenance of a couple's inner strength and resilience impact their ability to effectively create and execute a natural disaster survival plan. Listen, if you got anxiety, are you practicing mindfulness and meditation before hurricane season? Look, when I come forward, the voice of reason, we're going to drill down even further and we're going to the phone line.
Survival, or the act of surviving, is achieving the natural desire to continue existing, typically in spite of adverse conditions that threaten one's life or livelihood. The concept applies to both nature, for example, a storm-damaged tree managing to heal itself and flourish, and humans like Robinson Crusoe, who famously not only managed to survive the harsh environments of a tropical island, but thrived, thanks to his relentless desire to survive using whatever resources were at his disposal to do so. With that being said, let's get into the video and discuss numerous wilderness and survival tips that could save your life, covering essential food, fire, shelter, and water skills, as well as various other useful woodland skills that you should know. Let's start with something we are all familiar with, pine trees. Pine is a coniferous tree which can be found in a variety of locations all over the Northern Hemisphere. It's one of the most popular woods used in manufacturing and carpentry, commonly found in homes around the world in the form of flooring, windows, furniture, and so on. But let's talk about its remarkable uses in terms of bushcraft and survival. Cordage can be made from pine roots and makes a great alternative to artificial twine, string or rope. Simply use a stick to reveal the long thin roots just below the surface and pull one up. The trick now is to split the root into two by pulling the ends away from each other. If one side begins to taper off, then apply more pressure to the opposite side to balance it out. This pine root cordage can be used to make traps, to bind branches for shelter building, or for primitive cooking. For example, here you can see myself and Mike from TA Outdoors smoke a whole salmon by clamping it between a length of split hazel and securing... Hey, no, how many brothers you know making cordage out of pine trees? See, I'm a protector and a provider. I need you to understand. Uh, see, when a man like me come in your life, don't you ain't got to worry about nothing. You understand? Most men are not trained to do this. <laughs> but men will front. No, no, no skills in the boxing ring. No boxing gloves. No training. But most men will front. Listen. A gun don't make you an effective or efficient protector. It is the training that makes you that. I, I, I know, I know. I'm sorry, I know. A lot of, listen, a lot of brothers think just by default they are somehow the leader of their relationships. Now, let me say this. These clips that I'm playing are giving tips on how to survive Right? Uh, uh, some type of disaster. Where's your internal kit that helps you survive you? See, most of you are surviving yourself. You're not thriving within yourself. Which is 90% of why most people seek a relationship. Thinking that that is a suitable and a effective way to escape the inner work that must be done. Most people are surviving themselves. Damn surviving R. Kelly, you surviving you every day. 
I know people don't want to hear it tonight. Huh? There is an entire natural disaster going on in your spirit. And then you turn around and you hear brothers ding sisters for saying, well, they saying love ain't enough. And I can't take care of you like your mama. And I ain't your mama. If you want some home-cooked meals, if you want some loving, go talk to your mama. Well, guess what? She, could, could it be, if you're the leader, I'm just calling the brothers out tonight. If you're the leader, bruh, could it be she's mirroring your toxicity because you still surviving you? Do a documentary on how you surviving you. Instead of, instead of looking at Escape from Neverland, trying to get some dirt on Michael, huh? instead of trying to look at R, R. Kelly, right? Man, I'm trying to stay alive, man. Instead of doing that, Fight for my life instead of doing watching all the drama that's on YouTube. Huh, brother? <laughs> How are you surviving you? Because you're bringing that to the relationship every day. And your woman got to survive you just like you got to survive you. Let me read that. All that stemmed from this question. To what extent does the development and maintenance of a couple's inner strength and resilience impact their ability to effectively create and execute a natural disaster survival plan? If you ain't right internally, you think you're going to be able to execute that plan? I'm just asking. Okay, let's get some callers in here. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason opening up the phone line. Let's get all over the country. Let's start with our famous and friendly brother, Sean, Oakland, California. Get in here. Oh, brother, well, that, that's very kind. Uh, here, here's what I'll say, man, is the fact that, uh, you know, too many people live in this thing. And I'm not sure, I, I don't have it figured out, but I've witnessed it. A bazillion times, which is, I told you so, <laughs> instead of, instead of, what, what did you do to plan and prepare for whatever it is that we're talking about here? Any kind of disaster, earthquakes in California, tornadoes in Colorado or across the Midwest, um, you know, a, a, you know a, a, a crisis in your relationship with I've, I've had to deal with, and I know many others have had to deal with, hey, let's stop with this, you know, I want to be a prophet thing, okay? You want to be a prophet and predict the world? Wonderful, wonderful, but guess what? Anyone can predict when there's two choices, right? You might get lucky once in a while. Wonderful, it doesn't make you a prophet, but you didn't plan and prepare for that, did you? You just wanted to tell someone, I told you so. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, so, this is, the, this is the thing that has always bothered me. Because when teamwork comes in, you know, to play, and that's relationships, you want to make it work. You want to make this thing last. You want to have children together and, and bring them up the best you can, because there's no perfect way to do that. It's, but it's I'll a, tell wait, you damn Sean. straight. Sean, don't yes. don't leave me, brother, because I want you to expound. I want you to expound on teamwork when we come forward. Can you do that for me? Yes. When we come forward, we're going back to Oakland, California. My brother Sean is on complete lava mode. We're gonna talk about teamwork. 
Is it good to you? Good to you. More Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward. You want some more? More. It's the voice of reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk Greatest that ever did it, them two. Parties weren't meant to last. Hey, the voice of reason has returned. My playlist is my co-host. We are on fire tonight. We have an amazing topic. And it was inspired by one of our regular callers, Brother Heru Ali. Got to give him shots out. Ghetto Gourmet, JCS. I think I'm saying it right. Uh, My brother, I told him yesterday I would do this topic. Danger, the relationship bug out bag. To what extent can the aftermath of our inwardly unhealed natural disasters exacerbate the impact of a real life pending natural disaster? Oh, gosh. Oh, this is heavy, man. This is heavy stuff. Let's get Sean from Oakland back in here. Sean was making a point about the necessity of teamwork in a relationship. Absolutely, brother. Here's the number one key, and uh, this is, you know, my opinion, but also there's a lot of of, of old school, many years, uh, you know, backing it up, which is you do not have to agree with everything your other teammates or one teammate um, believes in to have a successful team. There's no, you don't have to have a perfect thing going on. What you have to have is each one of you respects each other. And that's what I was trying to say about when you're trying to say, I told you so, this is all going wrong and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's, uh, you know, uh, in sports mentality, that's a loser's mindset. What you want to do is say, look, I hear what you're saying. We got some issues to deal with. Let's make it better together. How do we improve what we're doing wrong right now and make it better? Because you're going to have to deal with a bunch of crap. 
So let's not try to be the prophet or the person that's always right all the time. Let's try to make this work together. It takes work. It takes thinking about things. It takes problem solving. Everyone out there, you can do it. You just have to put the effort in. I love it. I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the voice, the voice of my brother, Sean from Oakland, California. Town business. Listen. This is how you survive your own wounds. Number one, seek professional help. I love throwing out the sisters that I bring on the show, starting with Dr. Jashana Johnson. You've got natural disasters brewing in your spirit. Call Jashana Johnson. Dr. Jashana Johnson. Call Dr. Pacoya Robinson. Right? Call Epiphany, or excuse me, Mayumi McKinley, right? LCSW. These are sisters called Dr. Sunshine. She's got a show here on KBLA Talk 1580, 8 a.m. Sunday mornings. You want to survive yourself, do a documentary called Surviving Me. Surviving the natural disaster that is me. Seek professional health. Practice self-care. I don't use the word care. I use empathy. Practice self-empathy. Build a intelligent, flexible, grounded, and actively healing support system. Practice mindfulness. Set realistic goals. Practice gratitude. Be patient. These are things you can do to prep you To have the resilience in the face of a real natural disaster. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's just like the shrouded lighthouse. Something is happening on the inside and something is happening on the outside. And it must be dealt with, right? Now, I can give you all types of tips, right? The five elements of disaster preparedness are risk assessment, emergency planning. Well, let me go even deeper. Risk assessment, identifying potential hazards and assessing the likelihood and impact of disasters. Can that be applied to relationships too? the inner natural disaster? Absolutely. Risk assessment in relationship has a little bit for the most for for the average people has too much fear and ego in it when they're assessing the risk. Do you understand? They don't understand how, hey, when I walk into this relationship, I'm walking in to extrapolate data that uh, breaks down how I show up, what I need to work on. No, most people have it inverted. We're walking into the relationship hoping somebody will assuage and coddle the wounds we have neglected via fulfilling our expectations. That just doesn't happen. I'm giving you a list just like somebody that has a bug out bag. Hey, I got two bug out bags in my apartment building. What's what's a bug out bag? Well, it's a bag that has about 72 hours 
Some bags have 96 hours worth of supplies in the event of a natural disaster. And we're cut off from power. We're cut off from resources. We're cut off from gas. We saw a lot of this happening during COVID, right? But what we also saw was relationship natural disasters happening during COVID. There was an uptick in domestic violence because the evil in you that you were able to leave the house and and and, and, and release it somewhere else was bottled up in that house with you huh huh i know people don't want to hear tonight huh a natural disaster can bring you close for a little while the studies has all have already been shown texas university of texas at austin they showed it there's a natural sense of altruism but your relationship does go back to normal after a year. They said about a year goes back to normal. Whatever y'all was dealing with comes back saying, okay, we're here to collect. <laughs> Woo. Nazarene X, get in here. What are your thoughts? Oh, Lord, what up, man? <laughs> Am I wilding tonight? <laughs> man, as usual. It's, it's, it's so hot, man. The one, one thing that just jumped up. Uh, golly, that was you just gave phenomenal. <laughs> but look, even uh, just in the sense of like running training drills and such, right? Mm-hmm. Just even considering the internal dynamic. I remember this is like years ago, probably like a good ten years ago now. Um, I had some one-on-one personal protection uh training. So I was like, you know, going through those motions. Uh, with a particular brother out here in the Atlanta area. And, you know, some people, you know, even going to a gun range or something like that is a foreign language to them where they don't necessarily do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, when you actually, when you actually in the thick of it and dealing with someone who's really going to take turn things up a notch and really kind of put you in position to be even more effective, this brother had me doing drills to where he had the little bags and the, um, like, even, like, you know, like, hitting gear type stuff, bags in the range with me. So instead of just sitting there firing at a standing target, right, a target that's not moving, I was tasked with getting hit, spinning around three times, laying down, taking hits or whatever the case is, and then having to load, you know, load all with one hand and then fire at my target. You have no idea what it's like, especially if you haven't even considered these type of things when you – you go from like a stalemate type situation wait, to a stale target. Wait, wait, Nazarene, because you're breaking down some science yep. and I want to hear it. Stay with me. When I come forward, I'm going back to Atlanta, Georgia. Me and Nazarene X is going to con- continue this conversation. But listen, if you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. I want to talk to you. It's a heavy topic. We need to talk about it. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica. Platform makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
KBLA Talk 1580 is dedicated to empowering our communities by providing progressive talk radio for our audience. We strive to be an intersectional voice for the voiceless. As a black-owned and operated station, we are committed to highlighting diverse perspectives and creating safe spaces for meaningful dialogue. We believe that everyone has something unique to bring to these political, economic, social, and cultural conversations. And we don't shy away from the hard conversations about current events. We endeavor to be a beacon of hope and understanding while boldly challenging listeners to think more deeply about difficult topics that impact us all. With this in mind, our mission statement at KBLA Talk 1580 is simple. To create an inclusive platform that promotes civil discourse through honest dialogue and encourages personal growth among our listeners so they can become the active agents of change. Our vision is to establish ourselves as the premier radio network with relevant programming across the beloved community. Connecting people through shared experiences and collective power for lasting impact beyond these challenging times. I'm Zoe Williams, the voice of reason. If your relationship is in trouble, I'm the dude to call. Has your soulmate become your cellmate? Does black love still exist? What are your bedroom turnoffs? Fantasies and fetishes. Financial infidelity. I'm dating a fat person. Are they worth the wait? Trust me, this gonna be crazy. How about the heavy stuff? The child wasn't his, and he still had to pay child support. It's a very heated topic. How was that right? Mama's baby, daddy's maybe. I just have so many questions I want to ask you. I'm Betrayal has been committed. Hit you with the bad pipes routine. How does he maintain his humpacity? He likes it when it pinches my neck. Why can't you open up, brother? I'm a karate man. Karate man rules on the inside. They don't show their weaknesses. Yeah. How do you write women so well? Zoe Williams. Reason and accountability. The voice of reason. You can't know with 100% certainty when a disaster will strike. In all probability, at least one disaster will occur in your lifespan. That disaster can range from natural to man-made. Often, one disaster will lead to another, and a cascading effect can occur that can lead to a prolonged, grid-down situation. We hardly even stress anymore when the power goes out for a day or the water company issues a boil order. But what if these instances were wider in scope both geographically and impacting an entire population? If services are restored in the first 72 hours, it's just a lesson we can learn from and prepare better for it next time. Most won't though. If it lasts for a week or more and no help is on the horizon, you will see chaos and lawlessness in the streets, sewers looted and crime and violence like you've never seen before. If it lasts for two or three months, you may never see normal civil society restored in your location. All along the way, you have to continually evaluate your seven major preps. In this video, we're going to examine each of these preps, explain how they break down after SHTF, and how you can begin to align your prepping to compensate and overcome their loss. You cannot overlook any of these seven fundamentals if you plan to survive, and you have to know not only how they will impact you, but how the masses around you will react. Download the Start Preparing Survival Guide to help you prepare for any disaster. I'll post a link in the description and comment section below, or visit cityprepping.com forward slash get started for a free guide to help you get started on your journey of preparedness. Shelter. Having a stable shelter when the world around you is plunged into chaos dramatically increases your odds of survival. Just having a tarp over your head in the driving rain may mean the difference between living or dying from exposure to the elements. 
The stability and security of your shelter, whatever that is, will be a massive factor in whether you survive any disaster in its aftermath. Assuming you have some warning of the coming catastrophe or time to prepare for it, you will need to make sure that your perimeter is as secure as possible. You should have the means to lock yourself into your home or apartment for a minimum of at least three days. Some things you may associate with shelter, like food and water, are not part of what I mean by shelter. A shelter is twofold. First, it is a roof over your head and the walls you're huddled behind for safety. It's a structure you are in or you build or you retreat to that protects you from the elements, people, and chaos outside. Maybe that's your fortress of a house. Perhaps it is a tarp structure you built under a bridge. Maybe it's a rock overhang or a cave you found in the wild. If the damage to people's homes is total, they will retreat to the structure of their vehicles. If their vehicles are of little use to escape or live out of because of their location, they'll find abandoned structures, occupied structures, overhangs, or set off for less populated areas. Structure, in this sense, is a physical barrier between you and the world. The second type of structure I'm referring to here is a hat on your head, gloves on your hands, sunscreen, insect repellent, even the mosquito net you wear around you. While this type of structure is more of a personal nature, specific solely to you, it is still a structure because it is a barrier between you and the hostile environment around you. Throughout your time in your structure, and especially... I'm not going to play all of it. <laughs> you can clearly see. Most people ain't prepped like that. You hear this man? Hey, and you remember that cave you saw <laughs> that you jogged past last week? You you might have to go live in the cave for a little. What? <laughs> Most people are not ready for what Mother Nature has in store. But let's go even deeper. If we're both in a foxhole, we at war. My, listen, this is back to, uh, of course, uh, our guy, Sean. My biggest asset is my teammate. And if you, if you look at it in terms of war, if my teammate, who is in the foxhole, i.e. the shelter with me, is a loose cannon unto themselves, unto the relationship that we have, and even unto me, then how is that an asset now? If we're talking about a real natural disaster, right? See, that's what I'm trying to tell y'all. We respond to the external more than we respond to the internal. Listen, if you're gonna survive anything with your significant other, Y'all got to do self-work. I don't care if it's a natural disaster on the outside. I don't care if it's fine. I don't care if somebody parent die. Because these are the type of internal psychological disasters that hit us. I don't care if, if, you know, somebody's kids got taken. You know, <laughs> family, somebody's an alcoholic, uh, homeless somewhere. We get hit with these psychological natural disasters which actually reveal who we are in the moment of adversity <laughs> and sometimes we think to ourselves whoo better them than us right i feel bad for them but i'm glad it wasn't us i'm just saying we are grossly unprepared for anything that happens externally or internally. Let me get my brother back in here, man. Nazarene X, 
please wrap your thought because you was cooking. I want you to jump right back into where you were, brother. Got you, Mark. And it's right to what you were just speaking to. Like that whole example of doing one thing, you know, you're getting used to a still target, right? No other factors in the mix. What I was uh, speaking to is just how when you have those other additions to the circumstances added in, those more so real-life pressures, like spinning around three times, having to drop down, take punches, get back up and only use one arm, Mm. all in one instance, and your target is moving. Not even to say like the task of then, quote-unquote, hitting your target is that much more harder, but underneath it all is the why. Why would it be that much more harder? On top of that, your your blood pressure, Mm -hmm. that affects your vision. Mm -hmm. Your heart is racing. You You can't even see as straight. You've just introduced a whole different set of circumstances that now you can't perform how you thought you might have been able to. So even in like a real life dealing with internal crises, that's what ends up happening. Just like you said, like a lot of times things going on in the outside world can affect us all at once. And then something that you thought was so-called easy or that wouldn't cause you to blow up out of nowhere because you're in- internally you have all these other different stimulants going on. Now you just, you react in a whole different manner. Now you might actually make things 10 times worse. Or now you don't have the composure inside. Like you've never necessarily dealt with facing certain things head on before and gotten used to that. So now you find yourself in a position where it's completely brand new to you. So that's why. But wait. Like our brother. uh, Wait, you going way deep here mm -hmm. and you're inspiring me. Let let me just say Uh, this, bro. Let me just. Listen, have you guys seen, uh, Nazarene, have you seen uh, the video of, uh, what's my guy? Um, It's two videos out there of Andre Berto talking about what it was like fighting Floyd Mayweather. Nah, I haven't seen that one. Oh, man. Well, there's two videos. Yeah, yeah, I got to ask you One is, is Conor McGregor talking about fighting Floyd and Mm -hmm. what he what he kept saying now this applies to intimate relationships what and this is stuff that we should be cultivating but what Connor said was the guy was he was just so composed he was like you know I'm not used to people being in the ring under duress and being so composed Birdo said it another way he was like he was just relaxed he was just so relaxed you got the clip? Play, play this clip real quick. I, I'm sorry, Nazareth. I got to hear it now. No, no, love. Let's do it. I mean, obviously. Very he's very just elusive, bro. Like, yeah. He's just very, very elusive. Um, you know, just like I said, just me being in there with him. You know, I was just so surprised at his age, you know, how, you know, just alert he was. Mm. Very alert. Mm-hmm. Um, and he thinks, uh, he thinks, you know, defensive first. Mm-hmm. While all of us, we think offensive first. Okay, we got to get it, we got to get it, we got to get it. Mm-hmm. He always thinks defensive first. He's always looking, 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 looking. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of puts you in a place of, you know, because me being in there with him, I was in great shape, and I just was throwing, throwing, throwing. Mm-hmm. But he puts you in a place where he's so defensive and elusive, and you're steady punching, and you keep swinging, and you see him looking at you like, <laughs> So he kind of, 
you know, it puts you in a place of, okay, if I keep swinging too much, I'm going to hang myself out there to get hit. Because mm-hmm. he's seeing, he's seeing, he's seeing, mm. he's seeing all this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I say he's just very, very smart at, at uh, you know, dictating the pace to, um, you know, because like I said, when I was in there with him, you know, he manages his time. He looks up at the clock like four times during a round. Mm-hmm. He'll move around, move around, look at the clock, move around, move around, look at the clock, grab you, tie you up, look at the clock. Mm-hmm. You know, pop, pop, you know, hit you two or three times just enough to win around and make his way up out of that crowd. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sit down on the. And then, you know, between <laughs> every round, I can see him. Talk to his dad here, look. He'll, he'll look. He's looking to see if you're breathing hard, see if you're getting tired, see if you, you know, he's very, I've never been in there with somebody that was so observant, mm. very observant of everything that's going on. Like, so every time he kept looking, I knew if he, he kept looking to see if I was tired, so I'd jump up, mm-hmm. you know, I'd jump up on my stool and come straight at him, come straight at him every time he's just dictating <laughs> He'll stall, he'll act like he's going to punch, mm-hmm. act like he's going to punch, to try to stall you, stall you. Then get back on that bicycle, grab you. Mm. You'll hear him in here. You'll hear him in your ear. You'll take deep breaths. Take deep breaths. I'm like, dude. <laughs> ah, listen, you know what that is? That's that's what all of these psychs, all of these clinicians, that's mindfulness. Observant. At peace. Relaxed. Not overthinking. Not judging. Just in the flow state. That's a that's a level of freedom. If you can't do that in the storm of you, if your inner storm doesn't have a quiet eye at the center of it, where you can dictate the outer rings of your inner storm. That storm is going to leak into your relationships and it will be exacerbated when the real storm, not the real storm, but the external storm comes to knock on your door. Nazarene X, your thoughts? I'm right there with you, just in full-fledged alignment with nature itself. That's what we are as beings. We are extensions of nature itself. So just like with the proverbial cyclone or hurricane, there is the eye. When there, when you internally space out or go within and such, you welcome in so-called dealing with life's ebbs and flows, different attacks, different maneuvers, this and that. But it's like when you have anchored yourself within that place of peace, like again, I'm a being of peace, love, and a sound mind. That's internal clarity is one of your perfect allies there. Sometimes you got to go to that dark inner demon to go reclaim it because it is yours. It's, again, like when you have authority, internal authority, then you have more of a natural place to flow with your partner wherever there might be a moment of disconnect or a moment of tur- turmoil. I like All that. All of those things work together. I like that. Um, and, and there was just in, one real, in, real quick. Yeah, because you you going mm-hmm. on and on now. I'm trying to get in here. To... Oh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, do you think uh, I want to throw it up for my brother? This is my Haru. nephew, man. This is my nephew. He, he talked <laughs> oh, yeah, like. My, I'm hot. Always. We not bad. at the cigar lounge, Nazarene. Okay. You're right. Hey, brother. Look, what, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Nazarene right, cool. X, Atlanta, Georgia, <laughs> man. Woo, law. 
That's good stuff, though. That's good stuff. Before I go forward, I got to say this. That Floyd piece you played from Andre Berto, it's Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee said, when he contracts, I expand. And when there's an opportunity, I don't hit. It hit all by itself. <laughs> Bruce Lee from Enter the Dragon. I don't hit. It hits all by itself. That described the Bruce Lee quote from Enter the Dragon 1973. The voice of reason is on fire tonight. We cutting up to end the week. Reasons. The reasons that we're here, the reasons that we fear, our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening to the voice of reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 1580. You know you want some more. More. It's the voice of reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 1580. As I walk in the shadow of death, 16 men on a dead man's chest. Your host is Steve, Mr. HOT. And I guess you get splashed with the tech. Nobody go to the guard, say so. You got a second or more to run for the dough. Before I blow back off the map, contact. You take no stack, could get down like that. Line from Jack Rocket Launcher. Yes, Mr. Map, hold the foremost death. Cats dead wrong, songs too long. Get swung on, can't we all get along? See my pinky, see my dog, see that kid with the. Bust your gums, leave your hope numb. Mm, and what's this? Smell like fish. Fish a big mouth, the gap be trapped. You need to do shout style, no doubt. Challenge struck through the challenge slump. You already know my playlist is my co-host. That's Method Man. You already know. Judgment Day. A lot of people scared of Judgment Day. Are you prepared? Tonight's topic, the relationship bug out bag. Do I even want to survive a natural disaster if you haven't dealt with the natural disaster in you? Brothers, man, so many brothers out there. I really am a Pied Piper for brothers because I believe God made brothers great. I believe We are the descendants of the first human beings on planet Earth. I believe that we have a magic to us, but I believe that the trials and tribulations and catastrophes and tragedies and wounds and poison that has happened to us in this society, I do believe it has affected our ability to tap into that. Listen, just because you're a man doesn't just give you authority over your woman. Now, you might quote a book. You might say the Bible said, and then the Quran said, and then, let me tell you, if you're broken and wounded, you're going to hurt that girl. You know what I mean? People are hurt. Listen, I'm not here to be perfect. I'm trying to tell y'all. Y'all that got used to perfect, perfect liars imbalanced people like presenting uh, uh, a false image of you know how many people are disappointed and sad and angry and mad at me i'm trying to tell you man that's part of manhood cleansing your spirit detoxing your spirit 
healing your wounds. Do you understand? One of the key factors in surviving a natural disaster is effective communication. But what if you are avoidant anxious? <laughs> your attachment style is avoidant anxious and your communication style is avoidant. You're not going to talk, man. The ground just opened up. What? <laughs> what about decision making? You think just because you're a man, you have better or faster or more effective decision making skills than your woman just by right of your gender? Come on, brothers. Come on. What, uh, what about adaptability? You know how inflexible you are in your relationship? I know I'm inflexible. I've been called stubborn all the time. I'd be like, what? I'm not doing that. And one, of the, one, one of the major things I hate hearing from my woman is, didn't I tell you that four months ago? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you, 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 you did bring this to my attention. <laughs> I got a natural disaster in my spirit that needs to be dealt with. And I've been dealing with it on a ongoing basis. But I'm trying to tell you, man, it's sad when a real natural disaster is the perfect escape from the self-work that needs to be done. 1-800-920-1580. We got callers on the line. Let me just make this real quick. I got to get D from Detroit, Michigan on. And then you already know the man who created the topic. Heru Ali is next. D from Detroit. Get in here and talk to me. Yes. Um, I just want to tell a little story about Esau and Jacob. Okay. Esau was entitled to an inheritance from his father. Jacob, on the other hand, they both were twins. He was the second born, so he wasn't entitled. But his mother, as a woman, used the power of persuasion, perpetual persuasion, because she, on, on these two deathbeds, on Esau's deathbed where he was sick, his brother gave him porridge that healed him. Then his father was senile, so that was both being coherent and blind at the same at the same time. So he couldn't tell his sons apart when the mother persuaded Jacob to pretend he was Esau and to promise have his dad promise him the inheritance. So in the Bible, it talks about health all through Proverbs, Proverbs eighteen. The, the persuasion of health and the talking of health. So even though if a person was to tell you today, if you give me all your money, um, you will live tomorrow because you're going to have to die tomorrow. You're going to give up all your money, all your inheritance to live because you're afraid and you're sick and you're maybe, you know, anything can happen. But... A woman persuaded her child, and you never know. She could have been that first wife, that second wife, that third wife, or that fourth wife. And Esau knew how to go out in the wild and hunt with his father 
And Jacob was more of a domesticated guy. So he knew the routine of a household. So the mother could have been looking at it like, what is she going to inherit? Besides her sons getting married off and, and living their life. So the woman persuaded with the mindset that she had and the tools that she had to, for these young men to end up having, well, Jacob, you know, was promised, you know, children of many stars and of like the sand on the beach. So he got the inheritance from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And just from the persuasion of a woman. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, hold on, D. Hold you D, I want you to hold on tight. I want you to hold on tight as uh, we move forward. Uh, and as we move forward, uh, I'm going to come back to you after we have made a full circle. Uh, I want you to finish your sermon uh, on Jacob and Esau. And uh, we talked about their mother, Rivka, but you know her as Rebecca. Yeah, when I come forward, uh, Dee's got a lot to talk about. And we gon' get to it. Like you just don't care, you won't get a share. There's a party over here. Keep two thousand, keep bouncing. T minus thirty seconds to counting. New York finding, still wildin', shallin'. At the full moon howling, get till it's gone. Kill it, be killed. Only time will reveal like the words in the song. So what I feel for my crew, but shit, shit, still got to pay my. He's on fire tonight. It's the voice of reason with Zoe Williams, exclusively on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams. Williams. Only on KBLA Talk 1580. Mm-hmm. You know what time it is. Radio. Danger! Danger! Get on the floor! The feeling right here! the Federal Emergency Management Agency has a very specific list of items it wants all Americans to have in their homes at all times to be prepared for any number of man-made or natural disasters. And this is a general emergency kit to prepare you and your family for anything from tornadoes to hurricanes to pandemics. So today we're gonna run through each of these individual items that you should have in your FEMA emergency supply kit. I'm gonna give you my thoughts on those items and then at the end of the video, I'm gonna include a few additional items that I personally think you should also have in your emergency kit. So the first thing that they recommend is having one gallon of water per person 
per day for three days. So if you have a family of five, they want you to have at least 15 gallons of water stored away. And this water is gonna be used not just for drinking, but also for sanitation and cooking. You know, maybe brushing your teeth, maybe cleaning yourself, washing your dishes, maybe cooking some pasta. And this is a pretty easy item to check off your list. I got these for about a dollar a piece from my grocery store. And I have a bunch of these literally just sitting in a closet somewhere, just in case I ever need them. And this is really only gonna be relevant for emergencies where you lose access to clean drinking water. So for example, let's say you're on public water and you have a bad earthquake and one of those water pipes on your street burst, now you don't have access to clean drinking water anymore. If you had a really bad hurricane or flood, your drinking water could also become contaminated. If you're on a well and you have a pump for your well and you just simply lose power, guess what? That pump's not going to be pumping clean water to your home anymore. So in all these situations, having a reserve of clean drinking water is pretty important. The next Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason is on fire. I know you want to hear all the tips, but I just can't do it. I just can't do it. We got people on the line. They want to talk. They want to get into this topic. We're talking about two types of natural disasters. And I framed it up in hour one. A lot of men, brothers that I've talked to, have like kicked this sentiment that they can't wait till the dollar crash or until the world burns, because maybe then our women will have more respect for us or they will value our masculinity in somehow. And I'm saying, they don't value you because you don't value you. Brother, am I wrong for, for saying that? Because in my, listen, in my experience, when brothers embrace every aspect of themselves, light and dark, heal and wounded, they attract quality people into their lives. They don't have a longing or a yearning to be acknowledged, to be approved of, because it's all coming from the inside. Let me give you another sports example, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant didn't give two shakes of a fat rat's ass about what anybody had to say about him. He didn't care. He was so self-motivated and tapped in and dialed in that it really didn't matter what anybody had to say. And then he backed it up with hard work. He backed it up with adding the skill skills necessary to be an all-time great you got men out there who are not backing up their internal self with skills let me let me do you understand what i'm saying internal skills the skills needed to conquer oneself if you're putting that into you you're not asking for your woman to put it into you I'm going to buy her a car. She's going to love me more. I'm going to bring the gun with us so she'll know she's safe. Do, do, do you get what I'm saying? You got men now saying it's all got to fall so she can see who I really am again. Andy seems to have something to say before I go. <laughs> um, It just, you know, the thought just popped up in my head that um, I think one of the reasons... Um, as men, why, you know, we we struggle to uh, love ourselves is because, you know, we've been taught that, you know, when we uh, experience pain to push through. Mm -hmm. 
period. Like we never take the time to heal. And and if we do want to take the time to heal, uh, if we want to go to therapy, you know, it's it's seen as something negative, like you're crazy, like something's wrong with you. Right. You soft. So it's like we're already at a deficit from that standpoint of the way we was raised. Right. We're supposed to take everything to the chin and just push through. Right. While we are hurting inside. Yeah. That's a Andy. I don't think you know how profound that is. She can't heal you. Only you can heal you. She can reflect the healing work you've done on self. This is why I'm saying you're a natural disaster. Who wants to survive an external one with you when you got an internal one plaguing you? <laughs> Why do some brothers seem like they're waiting for the next natural disaster to hit in order to feel more like a man? The statement suggests, the question suggests, that some men may feel a need to experience a natural disaster in order to feel a sense of masculinity or manhood. This behavior may be driven by a variety of underlining reasons, including societal expectations. Men are often socialized to be strong, independent, and capable of handling difficult situations. This can create pressure to prove one's masculinity by demonstrating the ability to survive and thrive in challenging situations. I'm a man now, but you still got wounds and she's scared of you. Your woman got PTSD because you refuse to look at yourself. <laughs> you, you refuse to fight you, but you'll fight her. 1-800-9-2015. I'm just saying there's a natural disaster in your spirit, brother. Hmm? <laughs> I know y'all not, not ready for this tonight. Men want the world to end so they can look better to women because they, hey, there's a sense of purpose. That's my purpose, to save them. Some men may feel a sense of purpose or meaning in being able to help others, which is a good thing during a natural disaster. This can provide a sense of fulfillment and purpose that may be lacking in other areas of their lives. This is a good thing, but it ain't going to last forever. You can't have a natural disaster every other week. Unless you're going to become a storm chaser. <laughs> Maybe some men do it because or want this to happen because it's an adrenaline rush. Maybe some men desire control. Right. But you need to understand the greatest category hurricane or tornado or earthquake on the Richter scale is in your spirit. And if your relationship is constantly in mindfulness mode, in the presence of now, in the presence of non-judgmental communication, in the presence of empathy, in the presence of compassion, do you know that relationship will probably able, be able to weather any external storm? When I come forward, I'm going back to D in Detroit, Michigan, and then, oh, Lord, Heru Ali. Is it good to, you? good to you? More Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward. You know you want some more. More. It's the Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 1580. Yeah. 
Sending this one out to my man Killer B. No doubt, indeed. But you can't hide forever from these streets that we done took You walkin' with your head down, scared to look You shook, cause ain't no such things as halfway crooks They never around when the beef cooks in my part of town It's similar to Vietnam Now we all grown up and old and be on the cops control They better have the riot gear ready Tryna back me and get rock steady Ride a ride one double, I touch you And leave you with not much to go home with My skin is thick, cause I'll be up in the mix of action If I'm not at home, puffin' live, relaxin' New York got it so I wear a slug proof underneath my guest God bless my soul Before I put my foot down and begin to stroll Into the drama I built And all unfinished beef you will soon be Put us together It's like mixing vodka and milk I'm going out blasting Taking my enemies with me And if not they scar so they will never forget me Lord forgive me The Hennessy got me not knowing how to act I'm falling and I can't turn back Or maybe it's the words from my man Killer Black That I can't say so what's left an untold fact Until my death, my goal is to stay alive Survival of the fit, only the strong survive We live in this till the day that we die Come on Mob D My playlist My playlist has been absolutely bonkers tonight The Voice of Reason is on fire We got D from Detroit We want to bring her back in so she can make her final thought here D took us to the Bible D took us to Jesus She took us everywhere She took us to Esau and, and Jacob and D I want to get your your final thought on tonight's topic. My final thought is that Big Pharma does the same thing. They make sure that they got the healing properties, the knowledge and everything. And if you don't have the money, you're going to die. Oh. If you don't go by by their rules, then you're going to go without and most of it is ran by women. What? Because we are the ones that have the lower paying jobs. And we don't even have ninety years of um of pension in right now because we just got our rights in the sixties. So when we was working under the table we had all this knowledge that was make it quick, honey. We get close to the end. Yes, yes, yes. That I'm was listening. suppressed. So you know, we in a natural disaster. We the ones with the emergency care. We the ones with the AED, the automatic electrical defibrillator, that's gonna get you right and sexually. Oh, okay. Well, D, let me just say, I appreciate you for calling and sharing your perspective and insight. You brought Detroit, Michigan in the building. Let me bring my brother Heru Ali in, the inspiration. The champ is here. All right, this is my shit right here. The inspiration for tonight's topic. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Let's go, Listen, brother. Give it up for D. She brought it in. <laughs> she brought it in. Listen. What we not going to do <laughs> is act like 
And listen, first of all, I'm sorry. Honest to uh, to, to you, to Andy, to Tyler Smiley, Arabia, the chat room, all that. Mad love. Listen, we got a few minutes, so I got to cut more than half of what I was going to, going to discuss. Make it quick. Let's go. I, pre- I, I appreciate you being the DA, and, and I am uh, the defense attorney. Yes, you sir. You being the uh, devil's advocate. <laughs> I appreciate your angle on how you approach this. T- Listen, y'all don't know the mastery of how Zoe approached this topic. He was not in the affirmative. And he went to the base and he went deep. And I'll just, I just, listen, I saw you. I saw you, King. I saw you. So let me say this. Uh, listen, the, oh, I absolutely saw that and it was masterful. Um, what we're not going to do is, is act like, because every time you said last night, you call the attorney to preppers. Yep, because you've been doing the same thing. Guess what? I said in the chat. I wish that my eyes and my hands could forget what they've been ex- experiencing. Because all of this, all this spiritual stuff is absolutely needed. But guess what? When you stuck in a, a house that's on fire, all that stuff goes out the door. Pause. I almost cussed. All that stuff goes out the door. All of it goes out the door. Listen, it's like, know. oh, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't, and it's not because you're, you're, um, it's not about catering to an egoic, testosterone toxic monkey who says, oh, I can't wait till the natural disaster. No, because a true warrior who has experience has been trained by this evil government to do search and rescue, all that type of stuff. <laughs> we, we don't want no houses on fire. We don't want no houses on fire. Listen, when your house is on fire, spirituality does not matter. Somebody make a T-shirt and a meme out of that. Keep going. Listen, listen, because obviously, and I know you haven't, and and most of the listeners haven't, have never felt the heat of a fire on your body. I felt, That will make you so, make you so much so jump from the uh, 110th floor of the World Trade Center building. Now, that's some heat. And I got to leave it there because we ain't got no more time. But I I honor King, love, we could have went deep, deep. But, yes, I appreciate your angle. I saw you. Yeah. Peace and love to the family. <laughs> I saw you. Stay safe and stay dangerous. I saw you. I saw you. And honors to you. Heru Ali, ladies and gentlemen, the inspiration for tonight's topic. He called in and he threatened me. Y'all heard him, right? He said, I saw you, Zoe. I saw what you did. I, I, it was masterful. I said, no, I'm just kidding. No, hey, I love tonight's show because, again, my whole point of doing it is saying, you got to be prepared both inwardly and outwardly, right? There's a lot of people in relationship today, right now, suffering with a partner they don't love, with a partner that doesn't love them, in a toxic situation. That is a relationship natural disaster. And the point that I made earlier about COVID, we saw the relationship struggles that happen when people were sequestered in their homes during those lockdowns. We saw that, right? That proved my point. Unhealed trauma can have a significant impact on the ability of preppers 
to survive and maintain intimate relationships during natural disasters. Here are some ways in which unhealed trauma can affect preppers. Spirituality don't matter. Boy, don't come in here with that disrespect. What we not going to do. I'm sorry. Difficulty managing stress. Childhood trauma can make it difficult for preppers to manage stress during a disaster. They may be uh, they may experience intense anxiety, fear, or panic, which can impair their ability to make sound decisions and take appropriate actions. Trust issues. Childhood trauma can lead to trust issues, make it difficult for preppers uh, to rely on their partner during a disaster. Difficulty communicating. Childhood trauma can make it difficult for preppers to communicate effectively with their partner during a disaster. Avoidance behaviors. Do, do I need to keep going? I got facts here. Avoidance behavior. Childhood trauma can lead to avoidance behavior such as withdrawing from social situations or avoiding difficult emotions. You need them to be dialed in. Ugh. Ladies, I started. Ladies and gentlemen, I started the conversation. You finished the conversation. Don't make me do a part two. Listen, when we come forward, my brother Danny Morrison, go keep the fire lit. I did my thing all week long. I will see you Monday with another set of hot lava topics. Deuces. Santa Monica.